0: Okay, so I get a visit from an old friend and she asked me some really important questions as an artist. So, Nena, why don't you introduce yourself?
1: Um, Hi, my name is Nena Uku. I'm a singer, actress, writer, and fashionista. And I guess uh, what prompted this discussion is just uh, redefining what success means on a personal level and not necessarily basing it on you know, external standards or expectations that were made before we knew what the reality of of it all could be. So we're just kind of tossing around some ideas about how to define success for yourself and not in comparison to somebody else or in comparison to just a popular opinion, which oftentimes is based on illusions.
0: Yeah, I really think so. (laughs) And I think just to give you guys a little history, Nana and I worked together um, when Coleman was three. Oh, my gosh. So that was, um, and he's just turned 11.
1: Really? Was it?
0: It was two, he was turning three, right?
1: 2009, 10-ish, when we worked together.
0: And it's t- 2015. Okay. Oh, yes, okay. it was nine. Yeah, So, yes, he so maybe he was four.
1: Okay. Oh, my gosh.
0: Yeah, because he was having... He was little. Yeah, yeah, he was little. And we had a birthday party. Okay. okay. So, uh-huh. um, and, and Nena worked with me then, and she was like one of the first people that I ever worked with, sort of as like before I started developing Red Wall Artists, and really feeling like I wanted to mentor artists and help usher them along, but I didn't know what that looked like, and now I've pretty much taken that thing and structured it into different classes that I offer, mm-hmm. like the Ultimate Acting Experience is much like my mentorship. It actually is my mentorship. It's my mentorship program, but um, poor Nenham was one of my first test cases.
1: Well, yeah, the 10 <laughs> sessions, and we got a couple sessions in before I left the city, but yeah. they were very, I mean... What I found from you, even in just one to two sessions, you unlocked certain things and certain walls and certain hang-ups that had come after being out of acting for a long time,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and you were able to, um, I think what I learned most from you, I feel like there's a thawing process of the actor's heart sometimes when you're jumping into roles and real coaching shows you how to just jump into it because when you're in the industry, you don't have time.
0: You for don't have, all your stuff. You don't
1: have months of <laughs> rehearsal to find the characters. Yes. And that's because for me, whenever I used to do plays, my history is like I'd always struggle. But then by the time it came, I'd find her, you know, and then yes. it was glorious. And there's always a moment. It's like, am I going to find her? Am I going to whatever? And you were teaching how to access it and own it and, you know, not be afraid to just step right in it and not, you know, tiptoe your way in.
0: Yeah, I think so. that, that transitioning from the sort of schooling mindset into a professional mindset is that you have to push yourself. And it's great. I, I so support training, but it's like, how do we make that transition in our mind and in our behavior to become a professional? And as a professional, you just don't have time for a lot of the um, process. So how do I speed my process up? How do, I, how do I work until the last second? I mean, you are still working, you know, through your takes however many takes you get, you're still working, right? You're not, you know, you you never, like, arrive. You just get as many takes as you get. And if you ever ask an actor if they want another take, they're going to say yes. Because for us, that is part of our process.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, it's scary. It's scary. Just like I was just telling Nena, I just did um, 10 pages of, you know, pretty super wordy dialogue and a complicated um, auditioning for a complicated television show, of course I really want to get it but you were asking me how I prepared and it was like I had to rehearse, I had to start a rehearsal period and the the beginning of it was so uncomfortable because I I was playing a judge with a lot of legal ease and the thoughts behind what I was saying were just not clear they just weren't you know, and so it was something where I had to study it for several days, and I'd wake up and the new on the new day with fresh brain power, it would it would become clearer, like the phrase that I was saying in terms of the meaning of it, mm-hmm. and um, that is an uncomfortable feeling. That's your struggle, right? But you still are going to have to keep going. <laughs> you know, you can't like stop, break down, or anything. You just have to keep hammering at it. And um, with a camera, you can't hide when you don't know what you're saying. <laughs> you just, you know, it's just it's obvious. And so I'm sending off my um, tape to my agent in Los Angeles, and I still feel like the opening beat is not there. Like that, ugh, the all the way ownership, mm-hmm. you know, like the penny. I feel I call it the penny drops. It's like you put a penny in a machine and then you, you know, to order mm. some candy and it drops, and it's like, ah! I understand, yeah. <laughs> but that deep level of visceral understanding—even when you have intellectual understanding—sometimes you don't Being really connected. have your mind around it. Yes, all the way. Oof, so annoying. Anyway, but that you have to live with that discomfort, mm-hmm. and you have as a professional, you have a timeline. You have to do it when they say do it. Mm-hmm. So I got to send the tape off, you know. And at some point, even though. If I was going to play the role, I would keep working, keep working, keep working. I'd keep working all the way until they said cut. Mm-hmm. I'd never, you know, I wouldn't stop. So, um, and in theater, there's like, you can work and struggle behind the curtain.
1: And there's room to experiment. And
0: Yes. And you can hide. It's like you're safe in rehearsal, you know, where you can try things or whatever. But in film and television, it's like your rehearsal process is exposed. It's like you're literally in front of people rehearsing, trying, right? And, um, and exploring and finding out mm-hmm. and, and working on connections and having some parts work and some parts not work. And you have to live with that. <laughs> and that's scary, you know? It's scary and it's different because we don't get it all polished up and all ready and just ta-da! this is the performance and it can be watched multiple times it
1: doesn't just evaporate into air where you know <laughs> memory can like fade the glaring or the you know what I mean so
0: that's why it's like um, you will see that there are great actors who have not always great you can, you know it's it's a collaborative process and there are a lot of factors that go into it film and television and you can end up not being great. And that's something you have to live with. It's a risk that you take Mm -hmm. every time you step in front of a camera. You don't know how it's going to be edited. You don't know how the whole thing is going to work together. And you are still exploring and you're living moment to moment. And this feels connected to you and, but it might not work. Still might not work. So it's a great risk that we take as artists. And then Nana was also asking about the sort of um, financial or personal risk that you take in terms of you invest a lot of money and time before you start to reap a lot of money out of it, a lot of emotion as well, before you get it's like, how are you
1: defining your satisfaction through the process or through the payoff? And that's what you have to decide as an performer.
0: (laughs) So I decided early on that I needed to separate from the payoff because although I got cast in some soaps um, soon after I arrived in New York and finished Yale, I discovered I hated acting in the soaps. I was bored, and the work was awful. It was awful. Because I was working so fast as such a new actor, such a new medium, and literally there's only moments of rehearsal and you're just thrown out there. And although the paycheck was great, it wasn't something that I found important, satisfying. I didn't even watch myself. And... So and my dad was like, "Oh yeah, you get paid. Oh yeah, good job, good job." And he was happy (laughs) if I was like getting paid, and then I could say, "Wow, you know, I was just down at the public theater and I got to read a play with um, um, oh, with with Gregory Hines, and I got to act opposite him all day. It was awesome." He's like, "Did you get paid?" And I'd be like, well, you know, we got a $20 stipend or something That's like large. that. <laughs> yeah, you know. And he'd be like, what? And he didn't see <laughs> that that was more valuable to me than, um, you know, doing the soap. Mm-hmm. So I had to, that like helped me separate from, I said, you know what? I'm not going to mention to my parents anymore how much I get paid. Because their judgment, their outside judgment of how much I got paid affected me. Because I felt like, oh, I'm a piece of shit now. Even though I just had this amazing artistic experience. And so one of the reasons I stayed in New York is because I wanted to have those kind of experiences. I wanted to have access to, you know, the greatest artists in the world. And and act with them and create stories with them. I really wanted to do new work. So... I got kind of clear that for me to tell stories that sort of define a people, that sort of reveal who we are beyond what's been told so far, that that really interests me. And I wasn't really interested in doing plays that had already been done. Um, I wasn't... So that's also how I ended up in film and television because it's always new. Right. And I love the newness. You know, right. I love it. We don't know how... We don't even... Even a new episode... They've, even if they've been doing Law and Order for 25 years, they've never done this episode. Right. They've never done this story with this person's journey. And so that really interests me, and that was very satisfying to me, to be in works that really matter, that help tell the truth about um, people's experience and really reveal it. So that became a definition of success for me. And then I have, like, a stupid definition, like if we have health insurance, that certainly we have health insurance. That's not stupid. We um, have... <laughs>
1: And that's one thing I think about actors is you can be a dreamer, you can be a visionary, but there is a certain level of practicality that's inescapable. You need to be able to eat. Health insurance is a good thing.
0: Absolutely. No question. You know, you Mm -hmm. break
1: something, your teeth falling out, like there's just basic, you know, fundamentals Maybe you don't need to have the freshest, you know, designer clothing. I
0: would love to have the freshest teeth.
1: But Yes, no, you need to, you know, but that should also be part of your budget, your branding. Mm -hmm. You know, how you can brand yourself within your means, you know, keep it simple and basic. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one thing. I think that artists could work on being more practical-minded as well and set yourself as a business, as you're saying, because I think that a lot of, it's great to have these artistic experiences and all that, but we do need to learn how to command our worth.
0: Oh my goodness, yes. Because you can spend so much time working for nothing. Right. Right? And so that's, those were the kind of things I sort of had to stop. Because once you figure out what you want to do, you have to figure out what you need to stop doing. Mm. And it does hurt sometimes to like, oh, everybody's doing this festival. I'm not going to be in it. But when I have my eyes on the prize, I feel fine about that. And so I sort of, I'm very picky about what, Because really, it's not just money, it's also time. What is the time going to take? What's the time going to cost me? And And you can't earn time back. So time is a
1: much more valuable commodity than than money. And I think people don't
0: don't always
1: look at it that way.
0: Exactly. So I had to figure out, how can I earn a lot of money in a short amount of time? So what happened was my... My day job skills were very poor. I have no day job skills, zero. And um, so that's not going to work, right? I couldn't waitress. I couldn't do anything. I really had no skills because I went straight from undergrad to graduate school. I always knew I wanted to be an actor, and I was very, very hard-headed because anybody who told me to be practical, anybody who told me to think about anything else, I took offense at that. I said, "Why? You don't think I'm pretty enough to be an actress?" What? What? Like, and I wouldn't even consider directing, because I thought that you know, it was somehow a failure if I didn't act exclusively, just act. But luckily, organically, while I was at Howard, I became interested in directing, because you know, it was like a theater tech class; that was required, and you had to direct a scene with a tech, with a prop. And the prop had to do something, and It was just so satisfying to see the whole thing come together Mm -hmm. and we had like a man and a woman on a date and I made a steak and the steak exploded and it was awesome. (laughs) I was like, like, oh I love this. Mm -hmm. And then i direct another little scene and I loved scene analysis, I I loved plays so that sort of opened me a little bit and then I went to Yale and it was all new plays. And my passion and interest for story and new plays made me more valuable um, as an actor. Because I was an actor who was bringing that level of interest and that level of skill to the table. And I think that's how I got got to do new plays. And people appreciated me around new plays. And so then when I came to New York and I couldn't do anything, um, it made sense. People asked me to help them with auditions. And it made sense to start trying to charge for that because I can make more money doing that than I could temping, than I could being um, a waitress, which were like my other two options. So that's sort of how my business started. Everything was very organic. So it was like, what do I love to do and how can I get some money doing it? Um, So it started with the coaching and it moved on to directing because... My actors I was working with needed more stuff. And also, since I love to do it anyway, <laughs> so it, just, it just made sense. So, from there, so we did that for over 10 years before we decided to look at our business. You know, 9 11 came, my husband was a travel agent. I must say, when my husband married me, it made my life a lot easier. So, if you can get married, try to find, or I call it a benefactor. <laughs> <laughs> Someone who will support you, you know? Oh, I, I've been... <laughs>
1: if you think of Great Expectations, somebody had Miss Haven't... Yeah, impression.
0: yeah. Like, that wasn't even a
1: romantic relationship. I've been praying for a benefactor, somebody who would see, love my vision, and just want to sew into it. Not just give it, but almost as a, like, a sponsorship of sorts.
0: We'd have no Zora Neil Hurston if, we did, if there weren't benefactors. Right. You know, think of all the artists we wouldn't have. The whole Harlem Renaissance, all those writers, how did they live? They all had benefactors. But anyway, it can also be known as a husband. Um, yes. Or partner. Sugar daddy. Or just someone who I would love, love to support. be a husband, because they yeah. could
1: accomplish multiple, yes. <laughs> multiple yeah.
0: needs. I've never actually I have gotten like um and they do have some grants out there for artists. Mm-hmm. And I have um gotten one. I got the Fox Fellowship and um that was, you know, significant and helpful. Fox TV? Um, no, it's Fox Ooh, mm. um, Fox something.
1: Can I see all the browser windows?
0: Um, it's um, it's through the Actors Center. In fact, I'm going to ask Michael for a recommendation. The Actors Center, um, they have.
1: Are you applying again?
0: Oh no, I'm just showing you. Okay. Um, theater development is about support. Contact workshop support. I don't know, but they have a Fox grant. Donate now. Da da da. Teacher development workshop company, and you can just keep. Oh, my Apple Watch tells me I need to stand up. You can find different um, grants for artists, right? And there's very few, of course, for actors. Sh- excuse me, schmacters, I should say. But um, you know, to go ahead and apply, whether you want to, re- whether you want to study. So I used mine to further my studies. Um, to take classes. And oh, stuff.
1: that would be nice. Yeah. Nice. Just that in North Carolina, I haven't been able to locate an acting program. I mean, mm-hmm. just even by word of mouth, I haven't had anybody recommend anything that I felt would be what I wanted to do. I don't know that they
0: have classes that treat it as a professional type. I mean, I mean, but I will can, you have enough money to study. What? Yeah, with the Fox Grant, you'll be having enough. Like, some people use it to study in other countries. Oh, it's a some, lot, a lot? Yeah, it's a lot. Oh, so and, it's uh, not like just a couple hundred or... No. Oh. No, no. Okay. Um, but those kind of, yeah, that's, that's what you want to go for, where you can take a year off and, and study in London study. And, or study wherever you want Like, some people go to Australia or, or Africa and study, you know, the seeds of theater. I happen to be um, not that adventurous... I'm adventurous as, a, as an artist, but I'm not as adventurous as a person, so I didn't need to go anywhere. <laughs> I didn't want to go anywhere. I was like, Los Angeles? That's okay. You know? Yeah. But I really did enjoy um, learning and studying with other teachers and stuff like that.
1: So you did a uh, schooling?
0: Yeah, I did. I did just a, I put together... You have, to, you have to tell them what you're going to do, so I put together a program for myself.
1: And then they fund you based on that program?
0: Um, they... I think they fund you... Before there's a certain amount of money and they you tell them what you're going to do then if you get the money you get the money and then we also did it um, there was also a church strangely enough that did it um, that also gave grants that I got a grant from and they gave finishing funds for films so it was just like a really you know we just applied for that we got that, that was great Wow. and um, so you know, we did, that was when we were starting to make films and stuff. We did the old Films and Family route, and we did our, we've done our one fundraising campaign just to see if it would work, and it did. Um, so we've worked around that, but the thing I really wanted to share with you was that... Get
1: my phone and write down the Fox grant. Oh yeah. but yeah. Keep going. But,
0: but if not the Fox grant, just look for grants for artists. If you google grants for artists, and see what is offered in terms of grants for artists, and see what what fits into what you want to do. Okay. Now, of course, some of my friends are geniuses, <laughs> so they've gotten the MacArthur Genius Grant, which is you know highly competitive. But I do know um, several of my friends have gotten it, mm-hmm. um, and I think that's for playwrights or writing or writing for the theater or something like that. Right. Yeah, and, um, but if you Google, you know, grants for artists, grants for playwrights, grants for actors, you're going to find, you're going to come across this information, Mm -hmm. um, which I highly suggest. So that was more like developmental. But when, now after 10 years after having my company, I figured my company, which was just supporting my family, and my husband had quit being a travel agent and now was full-time working for Redwall, we needed to sort of figure out how can we up our game get more money. So I decided to take my business online so I could teach more people. Because when you are coaching or teaching, you can only teach so many people. Mm -hmm. I said, well, how can I reach more people? How can I have a bigger imprint as an artist? How can I give more to more people?
1: And maximize the time. And maximize the
0: time. Also, I'm cheap. So I look at artists as being cheap like me, saying that, you know, what kind of program what I like like I always want to improve my acting just like I was telling you this week I was um I was improving my acting because I had to rehearse this difficult scene so I was challenged mm-hmm. so how could I do that if I if I didn't have um money so I, that's why I took my classes online where people could rehearse at home and then be held accountable upload their film and television scenes Get feedback, have community, have a support. And so that's why I started Zoom in Acting. Okay. And that's my cheapest acting program because it can fit a lot of people. And um, that I'm actually giving a free class in it on um, October 5th. So you can sign up for my free class for October 5th, um, Zoom in Acting. And you get to, you can rehearse as much as you want during the week. And for me, when I made my transition from theater to film and television, it was because I was rehearsing on camera. I was rehearsing on camera for every single audition. And that gave me so much information and feedback. So the camera is a great learning tool. But we're so freaked out about seeing ourselves and it takes a process to sort of get over that. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I've sort of, I don't know. I feel like I have come up with a way to help usher people through that process so that they're able to actually improve their own work, which you should be able to do. Because if you're an artist, you know, you're going to be working every day. A dancer, you're going to be working every day. An actor should, be, should able be able to self-coach. Self-coach and watch a tape. And then we get together online and we watch and critique the t- work. But it's a way to improve your work dramatically. Mm-hmm. So that's what I teach, Zoom in acting. I hope you guys will join me on October 5th. Mm -hmm. The last part, the last answer to your question is, um, (laughs) how do I figure out what to do um, to make money fast? Okay, so we talked about grants, of course, and that's more developmental. But now we're talking about really looking at your life, turning it upside down and saying, what is every single thing I know how to do? Everything I know how to do, from typing, to acting, to singing, to everything. And really writing that all down like in a brain dump. And then after you do that, you say, how can I put this together? Or you can ask yourself, how can I serve with these skills? And who can you serve? Who who should you target? Yeah, and you start to and you just start to look at it a different way. Put it up on the wall, stare at it for a long time because you're just thinking about it, right? You're just looking for this idea of what might work for me. So, um, in terms of what do I love to do, what could I create that people would pay for? Because this is the you know this is the time of the entrepreneur, and you just can't make enough money working for other people. So when I do work for other people, I, I teach a class at Actors Connection, at NYU, um, at SUNY Purchase. That's just me getting known. Like I don't even look at how much they pay me there because it's not worth it. Because But it's just for me to spread my reputation and spread what I teach. Branding? Yeah, it's that's the only reason I'm there. and. What I really want is people to join me online, is people to join me privately, is people people to produce with me. And when I'm out there, I'm just meeting those people because those are my future customers. Those are my future collaborators. So um, I did take several business classes. Okay, so the classes that I've taken, I took, um, the first one was the class for my spirit and that was the, um, what's it called? Feminine Power. So that was like a seven-week online class. And when I took that seven-week online class, it would be like a thousand women on the phone. It was only on the phone. And it was so empowering. And I really did not think that, but I was so desperate to learn and to grow. But I didn't think that it could have impact. But it did. You know, I would be crying with these women in Australia and like old women, young women, all these things. We're all working through our, our issues and stuff. And the questions that they answered asked us were so powerful just about what you want, what is your, um, it's essentially what is your mission statement, but they call it a power statement, which is better than an affirmation because it's something that you can actually believe in. It's an affirmation like, I am beautiful. No, i I am beautiful.
1: And what what are you going to do with that? Yeah.
0: So this becomes like a power Mm -hmm. statement which becomes like your guiding light. So what I did with that was like what I learned there, if I learned anything, I teach it. I incorporated that into the mindset part of the work that I teach because I saw how powerful that was for me as an artist. It became like a North Star. It helped me say yes and no. It helped me figure out who I was, who I wanted to work with. And that vibration when you're going with the flow it attracts money to you so then that all of a sudden i have an agent as a director all of a sudden um, i have more opportunities people contacting me from facebook to do interesting things create things for them and um that just started to unfold but then once i and then after that at the end of feminine power seven weeks of that arty farty get in touch with myself big girl panties all that stuff after all that happened, then I figured I needed to get practical and get business-like. So I took several business classes. The first was I took your other dream job with Dallas. It's one of my collaborators and friends. These Dallas are
1: online. These are
0: just... all online okay. classes because I'm a nut. I love to study. So I did um, your other dream job with Dallas. That was, and I also, as soon I did it once, and then the second time she taught it. I did a other green, dream job group of women, grown and sexy, who we all took the class again, and we also met in between the meetings to support each other online, and so that's when I developed my online um, acting in the digital age. Okay. So I made that into a program, which I you know fleshed out at NYU. Those were my guinea pigs, and then I and then the business part of it, Dallas taught me to bring that online. From there. I took Marie Forleo's class, which is called, um, I don't know, it's like oh, okay. B-School, it's called B-School. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, the house was a mess because my son had a birthday party. Well, how did that go? It was good. <laughs> it was wild. What did, so, yeah. did they play games? No, there were no games, there was no plan, they were supposed to have music, the theme of the party was random, and it, it was random. It was a bunch of boys and a few girls, 11 years old, screaming, running, and acting crazy. It was a nightmare.
1: Mm. (laughs) But he had fun.
0: He had fun. Yes, he did. So anyway, um, I did Dallas's class. I did a grown and sexy group of Dallas's class because I realized that, that for me... The mentorship was really important, like the camaraderie, like I work better in a collaboration, in a conversation, than I work by myself. Like even turning the, like if I was just talking without you here, I wouldn't have anything to say. But the fact that I want to help you and enlighten you and turn you on or whatever, those are my objectives. Um, (laughs) That gives me something to say and something to do and that sort of aligns me. And that makes it worth recording to me, because maybe somebody else can learn from it. And that's the beauty of online, because many people can learn from one. So yeah. that's sort of why.
1: A lot of us have the same questions. And
0: yeah, of course, if you have a question. Like, and I've been experimenting with different platforms, with like how to be one to many. And I think I found some that really work well. So, I, so I'm using that for the, for the Zoom in acting. And I'm also experimenting with others for, um, with my other classes. Because I want to have a co- an ongoing conversation. And for some reason, like, I know I could use Facebook, like a private group in Facebook, but I just want something more special, um, just because I want to feel closer. And as soon as I turn on Facebook, I get completely distracted. There's a lot. There's a lot. The, yeah. Yes. And I want it to be where a place where you're going, where it's quiet, where you're focused. Where the conversation is almost sacred. I think your acting and your artistic life is sacred. It's, it's like a prayer, you know. And when you work on it, it's like an act of faith. Because you don't know what the result is going to be. You're not getting paid for it. When you're rehearsing for an audition, you're not getting paid. Um, so that needs to be held in a certain vibration and light and specialness. Or you'll quit. You'll, you'll quit. You'll burn out. You'll burn out. And you'll feel frustrated. So that's why I created these groups. That's why I created these programs. And um, I learned from Marie Forleo and from Dallas Travers about how to bring my business online and how to really serve people. So that's what I suggest. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. So anyway, thank you for sharing the conversation with my little audience here. I'm going to post this in the iRise app. Thanks for listening, guys. Join me on October 5th. The link is going to be right below. Nana, say bye.
1: Bye, everybody. It was a pleasure being a part of this episode. <laughs> Thank
0: and I'm- how can people get in touch with you or follow you or support what you're up to?
1: Uh, you can go to nanauku.com, N-N-E-N-N-A. Uh, u-k-w-u dot com that is four N's Mm -hmm. Uh, mostly active on Instagram right now but uh, you know you can watch my journey as I define it even more and and figure out what I'm selling
0: she's such a beautiful communicator, beautiful woman and um, she sings she does fashion and she is in North Carolina finding her voice as an artist so follow her journey bye guys Bye. Perfection. Thirty minutes. That was good. Oh, Mm that's like
1: the perfect.
0: It's perfect perfect length. Yep. Okay. One, two, two. I
1: wonder if my crunching.